praise this morning. Amen. God is good. Wonderful worship. And you know, last night we had a singles event. I, I was surprised. I thought I was, I thought I was going to be the only person there, like a single person. No. But there were 19 singles that came out last night. Man. By the end of the, uh, the end of the evening, we only had three singles, amen? So, <laughs> just kidding. No, we had a really good time, and we're looking forward to other events. Man, what a, you know, to be single, what a powerful force in the church. You know, people that have the availability. And, and I talked a little bit about Jesus being the perfect single, uh, and, and he was the perfect single. Even in the midst of his, his loneliness, he was never alone, and, um, and he found the time to care for his, his widow mother and to build disciples and change the world in his singleness. And uh, so the sky is the limit for those of you who are single. Uh, we're praying for you. I'm going to ask you to turn your Bibles to the book of Psalms 127. A short psalm. You know, the psalms, these are songs. These were actually songs that were sung, and they were, um, they were used for various occasions in Israel, some of them for ceremonies and holidays and things like that. Uh, often, uh, quite a few of them are prayers. They're actually the prayers that Israel would pray. And so if you've ever read a psalm and said, wow, that sounds so much like a, a, a prayer need in my life, that's probably why. But Psalm 127, I'm reading from the New International Version, beginning in verse 1. I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. It says this, unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Father God, I pray this morning that you would enable me to speak your word with clarity. I pray, Father God, that you would prepare our hearts as we have uh, focused this year on, on growth, 2019, a year of growth. And I pray that uh, as we think about what it means to grow spiritually, that you would speak to us through your word, that we would, that we would make steps towards a, a spiritual life, a life, Father God, that is not based upon this world and this physical world or even this physical body, even the, 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 the best ingenuity of the human mind, but we would, we would trust in you, Father God, in your spirit. So, so speak through these words this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. And God's people say, amen. amen, amen. You know, God designed the family, the human family, to be the building blocks of society. That was God's intentions for the family. That was God's plans for the world, to build the world based upon the family unit. It stands central to what God wants to do. These were his intentions from the very beginning. And everywhere you look in the Bible, 
When you search through the Bible and you're looking at people groups in the Bible, regardless of where they are in the Old Testament, they are always identified by the family. Family, they're named after families. The tribes of Israel, those were families, right? And they call them tribes. You can call your family a tribe if you like. Families. The family is where children learn about God. It's where children learn how to behave, how to, how to see the world and understand the way the world works. It's where they learn uh, the, how to act as adults even in, in play and, uh, and, and the rules that parents give to children, don't do that or this is allowable. All of those things shape for a kid what it means to live in a real world. Family, things happen in families that last a lifetime. This is where values are passed on to the next generation in the family. You destroy the family, and in just one generation, you can destroy an entire society. You can look at the changes, and I talked about this in the past. You can look at the changes that have happened here in America over the last 50 years. Look at the TV shows and the movies, the things that they're showing in the past compared to the things that they begin to show today. TV shows and movies depicted the family as a safe place at one time. I remember looking, you know, as a kid, I was watching the Brady Bunch. I was like, man, our, how come our family don't I went outside, looked at our house, Hey, wait a minute, turn to the TV, look at that, and go back outside, and like, something's different, right? The way our family works, it's different. The kinds of issues that come up are different. The things we got in trouble for were different. It's different. You go outside, the kinds of friends you interact with, the way the school looked, and, and all that stuff was different. That's not my reality. And then the TV show, and then I saw, you know, uh, you know, like, that's my mama, or what was it called? Uh, your, you know, good times, there you go, good Say, hey, wait a minute, okay. <laughs> you know. Things have changed. TV shows without fathers or mothers, right? More and more of those things began to, to come up, and, and the mind of of, of people, families, begin to change. As time passed, more and more broken homes began to appear on television. And the hope associated with, with family, when, when you'd watch things like that, the, that feel-good feeling of watching something that was happy, uh, carefree, void of any uh, you know, heaviness and, and, and brokenness, all of that hope associated to the family turned to, dis to d despair. It was gone. It, it evaporated over a matter of decades. And today we have children. We have children today with smartphones, seeing things, hearing things, watching things at a much earlier age than any of us ever would have dreamed of growing up ourselves. They're exposed to things that we weren't exposed to until we were fully grown, right? And they're seeing things and watching things. They see politicians fighting. They see parents fighting, other kids fighting. A big thing, you know, do you see this one? You know, kids fighting. Kids fighting teachers. Teachers striking, hello. Mass incarcerations, racial profiling, all of this stuff bombarded with it. Videos of youth eating Tide Pods. What's up with that? 
right? Cinnamon, surfing on cars, right? On a daily basis, they're faced with an overload of, of the things that create hardships and obstacles and brokenness. And it hinders their social and psychological and spiritual well-being. And because we're so disconnected, it's hard to gain them back, to win them back. You destroy one generation. You break the, the bond of values in one generation. And after that, man, the world is, is like going out, of, going out of control, completely out of control. So unless the Lord build the house, countless families will suffer from the effects of the tragedies we see around the world. They will suffer the effects of mass incarceration. Children are being raised without families in the home, without fathers in the home right now. But even if the fathers were there and the families were reunited, unless the Lord build the house, the labors labor in vain. What we do is in vain. When Solomon uses the word house here, he's talking about more than just a physical building. He's talking about a social unity, a community. He's even expanding it to mean a society. It begins with the family, but he could be talking about the entire nation. I'm sure he's thinking about the kingdom that he's inherited. These are words that David passed down to his son Solomon. He's telling Solomon at, at one point early in his life, man, listen, Solomon, one day you're going to be the king of this nation. But unless the Lord builds the house, man, everything you do is in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, you can put up watchmen on every tower all around the city. You can have spies even in other cities. But unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman wakes up in vain. You might as well go back to sleep. Right? He's talking about his society. Man, you can build it to perfection. You can build it with costly materials. You can build it with, with focus and precision and passion and love it with, with all your heart. But if the Lord isn't in it, all your energy, every dollar that you put into it, all of the, the sweat and the tears and the pain and the effort is going to fall short. Unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. You can raise the minimum wage, right? You can build dividing walls. You can ban social media from, from the internet. And, they're, and they try, they're trying all this stuff. But unless the Lord build the house, we're just spinning our wheels. Laborers are working in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen, they're just wasting their time. And, and, and unless, you know, God's hand be upon our families and upon our children. Man, you can't be there every day uh, uh, watching your children when they're in school. You can't be there to listen to every conversation and, and making sure that everything that they're hearing is, is right and, and, and good and gospel unless the Lord's hand be upon your family, unless the Lord watches over the city, unless he be in everything we build, it'll come out crooked. If you've ever helped a child with a craft or doing watercolor, rarely does it turn out to be, you know, museum quality work, right? And in some cases, it barely even makes it to the refrigerator, right? 
Yeah, we'll put, we'll, we'll put this up, we'll, we'll put this in your room, right? <laughs> but this is what it's like when we build things and we present them to God. God is gracious with the things that we build. He looks at it and he's, oh, he smiles. Yeah, I'll put this up over here, you know. And I'll, and I'll frame it nicely and I'll do whatever. The things, we build our families, we present to the Lord. And we build churches and we build communities and we build kingdoms and we, and we show them to the Lord. And, they, and they, they are far cry from what God could do if he was invited to build with us. If we ask the Lord, Lord, can you help us build this home? Can you help us build this church? Can you help us impact this city? What does our city need? Do the, what do the, the homeless need in, in our city? Can you help us? Unless the Lord build this city, unless he watches over the city, we're just spinning our wheels. He's got to be invited in. This is what it's like when we build the things that we build, whether they be relationships, right? Our families, our homes, our churches, whatever it is we build, unless the Lord builds the house, it's builders labor in vain. And sometimes we marvel at the things we build and we wonder why it fails. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stands in guard in vain. And he's talking about protecting what we build. He's not, even talking, he's not only talking about building it and making sure God is in it, but once you've built it, you've built it and you've labored and you've, you've erected something that you want to uh, value and protect, now you come to the point of watching over it. Let me protect it. He says, unless the Lord watches over what you have, you're going to lose it. Unless he's watching it, preserving what we value. Man, you can watch it constantly. You can watch it carefully. You can guard it with everything you've got, standing at every entrance and, and, and keeping your eyes on everything, surveilling everything. But unless the Lord is watching over it, you're spending your time in vain. Protection and prosperity doesn't come from human effort. Protection and prosperity doesn't come from human striving or even the best human plans. And, and we have some good people, good people that can do great things. But unless the Lord is watching over the city, unless the Lord is holding back danger, unless the Lord is sending his angels to fight for you, unless the Lord protects you by putting a hedge around you, unless he, unless he blows away the influences of the enemy and protects your minds and fights for you, unless the Lord expands your business and elevates your status and seals up the holes in your pockets that whenever you put your money in, it seems to fall out somewhere, unless the Lord watches over what you have, you labor in vain. Unless the Lord brings you a wife, hello, you're just getting on people's nerves, you know? How you doing, right? Success and prosperity depends on the presence and the blessing of God. No matter how or what level of skill you have, and I'm sure we have some extremely skilled people, no matter how much strength we put into what we do, all your labor, all my labor is in vain unless God is invited in. You know, in the Hebrew, it literally says, in vain, the keeper wakes up. In vain, the keeper wakes up. Solomon is saying, bro, just go back to sleep. If God isn't in this, why'd you wake up? 
Why did you set your, your alarm so early in the morning? Why did you sleep during the day and then set it for the night to get up and, and watch over things? Unless the Lord is watching over it, man, in vain, the keeper wakes up. It, it's, it's an empty exercise. Just go back to sleep. Go back to sleep. If God isn't in it, you might as well sleep. All the diligence in the world won't protect the city. Fire may break out in spite of the watchman. An approaching army may come and climb the wall in spite of the watchman. In plain view, division may creep into the family despite the watchman. Isolation and depression and addiction may creep in. A, a pornography, all crazy stuff, all kinds of may come in in spite of our best efforts to watch what's going on. Unless the Lord watches over the city, our best surveillance simply won't work. The watchman wakes up in vain. This doesn't mean that we don't watch the city. This doesn't mean that we don't watch over our families because we do. But after all the effort and care that we put into building our community, and after all the effort and care we put into protecting what we've built, whether it's a family or a nation, our preservation and our safety and our prosperity is all in the hands of the living God whose eyes never close, who never goes to sleep, who watches over our coming and our going, who sees far out ahead of us and knows what's, what's coming our way. To him, man, it's like we're, we're, like, a, we're like a little ant. If you can imagine a little ant crawling on the ground. The ant, he doesn't know what's up ahead, but, but God can see. You, if, if you were standing over an ant and the ant, you know, is crawling, you can see miles ahead what the ant could never see. God knows your future. God knows the path that you're on. God knows what's around you. He knows the impending danger. He knows what it is that's taking place around you. Commit it to him. Give it over to him. Unless he watches over the city, you might as well go back to sleep. He doesn't say that it's wrong or inappropriate to rise early or to stay up to watch things, or that there is no advantage in watching over the city. But you would be more likely to be, be successful in everything we do, in all of our undertakings, in all the aspects of our life, if we commit those areas to the Lord. Say, God, I am doing the very best I can to, to do better with my finances. I'm doing the best I can to pray. I'm doing the best I can to watch my children, raise them upright, to, to protect my marriage and the direction of our lives. But I need you, God, unless you are in it. Man, I'm just spinning my wheels. I don't know what to do. I don't have all the answers unless you are in it, my God. You cannot, I cannot uh, prosper financially. I cannot prosper spiritually unless you are in it God I am empty I'm at a loss unless the Lord watches over the city my family my career church we need to totally depend upon the living God early rising alone won't win back the hearts of our children early rising alone without God's blessing will be in vain health and strength and peace Success, all of those things, they come because of the hand of God being upon God's people. In Psalm 35, verses 5 and 7, it says this, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. 
He will make your righteousness shine like the, like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways and when they carry out their wicked schemes. Right? Don't worry about that stuff, he's saying. Just commit to him, trust in him. Proverbs 16, verse 3, it says, commit to the Lord whatever you do. Can, 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 you, can we do that? Commit to the Lord whatever we do, that even if it means to pause. Let's, let's just not rush into this thing. Let's pause. Let's not just rush into a relationship. Let's pause. Let's not just rush into plans that we're making as a family or decisions we're making as a church. Let's pause and let's commit to the Lord whatever we do. Let's pause. Let's pray before we engage in the things that we want to engage in. Commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. That's what it says there. The Lord works out everything for his own ends, even the wicked for a day of disaster. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. You know, it's pride that says I can do it on my own. It's pride that says I can figure this out. So whatever you do, whatever you do, commit it to God. So, so let me leave you a couple of suggestions in a world where families are increasingly under attack and I, and I know we're under attack that's why I pray for our families I I pray for our families I pray God's protection I pray because I know the kinds of things that we're up against and I see the kinds of things that we're facing I hear the the needs for prayer I pray for our families and knowing that we are constantly under attack my prayer for us is that God would walk with us that God would send his angels to fight for you that he would protect you, cover you, uh, keep you, strengthen you, give you grace in moments where you need grace. When you're at a loss of words, God would come and send his spirit to be there with you, that you would shine at work, that people would see you, his favor would be upon you. I pray for the, the prosperity of God's people that you influence the city because the city can change because God in you and you in the city means that God is in the city and that you can bring a difference in the city simply by walking and being there and being present and answering in ways that, that people are shocked to hear. Wow, how do you get such depth and insight? What's God in my life? It's prayer in my life. It's worship in my life. Attributing to God his worth, not to give it to cars or TVs or technology, but to give worship to God, to thank God for what I have, to pray for the things that I'm about to engage in, to put God first in everything, the building of my family, the direction of my life. Because unless the Lord builds the house, I am wasting my time, spinning my wheels. So model good behavior. Set aside regular time to be together as a family. Cut out the TV sometimes and the computer and, and phones. I know that people use, we depend on those things. Use them. Go ahead. Go ahead and use them. But, but spend some time with family. Turn them off sometimes. Set them aside. Don't, you know, it's amazing how people will assume that, that the, your phone rules your life. People will assume that if they text you, you've got to text back immediately. 
you got they assume that you live under the direction of technology man you don't have to put that thing aside and go do something man and live unchain yourself man and serve the lord freely man i i wonder man how did we do it before cell phones man but hold on you know we got to you know, and get on the phone, you know, put the little dime in there and remember that, the pay phones? Man, I don't know how we did it. Now, man, we, we, can't, we can't go anywhere without, without having our phone. And, and we live in a world where people expect that, you're, you're, that you do what the phone tells you to do, that you, that you live by, you, you're bound by it. What's going on? Unless the Lord builds a house. Cut, cut, cut it for a moment, even just for a moment. Have dinner together as a family, you know? In fact, you know, I give you permission. To, let's take me to dinner. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but in all that, all that you do, pray for your family. Invite God into your home. Invite him into your relationship. And invite God in everything you do. But pause a moment. When you go to work, you know, pray, God, help me, keep me safe today. Let me be a light today. And, you know, just pause. Just that pausing and giving God an invitation to come into your, it will make a world of difference. It will reorient your life. It will reorient your life in transformative ways. Because all of a sudden, we're saying, you know what? Nothing else matters but God in me, Christ in me, Christ changing me. God, I want to take this moment, just keep us safe as we're traveling, you know? And you don't have to stop in the car. Everybody get in, got your seatbelts on, okay, let's all hold hands. You don't have to do all that. Just say a prayer. Just say a prayer. Pray for your family. Pray for your church. Pray for your community. Invite God in the midst of what you do. Your family is one of the greatest blessings that God could ever provide for you. Do all you can to defend it and preserve it, but unless the Lord watches over the family, we labor in vain, amen? Praise the Lord. Let me invite the worship, worship team. Will you stand with me today? Amen. Hallelujah. Father God, I thank you this morning for your word. I thank you, Father God, for the promises that these words reveal something handed down from David to Solomon, that they reveal something that is true about, about you, that is true about family, that's true about even nations, that the best defenses and surveillance may miss. Something that's true about families, that the best human wisdom may miss that we can do our very best and work as hard as we work and strive and put in effort but unless you watch over our homes unless you build them unless you protect them and preserve them then much of what we do as good as it is may fall short of what we're hoping to have done. So I just pray that your blessing be upon each of us. I pray for our people here 
And I pray for the things that we are responsible for, families, children. I pray for us at work. I pray for us in our communities where we live. I pray for favor, favor upon your people that, that what, what takes place, my God, concerning them is favorable, is blessing, is good, is positive. I pray, Father, for protection, that you would send forth angels to watch over them, that you would watch over them, fight for them, my God, in that unseen battle of spiritual warfare. I pray, Father God, that you would keep them, that you would line the path of their lives, the, the journey that they're on right now, line that path, Father God, with blessing. Let them never thirst. Let them never be hungry. Let them never experience the brokenness of despair, but you be present for them, Father God, present and, able and, and, and enabling them, my God, to see you, to call upon you. I pray for, for victory and success for your people because you've promised it, that where you are, Father God, the house can prosper. Where you are, Father God, the community can be safe. So this is our prayer this morning, my God. Do a work in us this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If this morning you want to respond to these words, that you see God as first and foremost in everything in your life. If you say, yes, this is me. This is me. I, I need prayer. I need God first in my family to protect my family, to watch over. I need God to help me, to take a pause for it before I do anything, to, to help me be reminded of, of, his, of his preeminence in everything. He is first in everything. God, I pray your blessing. I pray your, your providence. I pray, my God, your blessing, your favor upon the people. I pray for health and healing, my God. Oh God, that you be in it, that you be in everything we do that you would guide our hands and our feet and our minds, that you would guide our speech, Father God, that we're able, my God, to, to say and do what is right, what is true, Father God. I pray your blessing upon us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.